Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch the season premiere of Grey's Anatomy tonight at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Today is November 16th, 2021, and our first story, fights are already erupting outside the courthouse as the jury nears its verdict in the Kyle Rittenhouse case. We don't know exactly what's going to happen, but everybody's getting ready for those riots. In our next story, in the UK, if you want to get your vaccine passport, you now need three shots. That's right. The boosters are now required for your vaccine passport. We all knew this was coming. We're also hearing there's a big resistance. People in New York City making massive amounts of fake vaccination cards. And in our last story, we have some more analysis on the Kyle Rittenhouse case that may be outdated. It, it's really tough to do these multiple segments per day tracking the news, but I want to include it for the same reason I did yesterday. Again, I'm tracking this news bit by bit, hour by hour, and everything keeps changing. But I'll keep that in there for you. Analysis on the Kyle Rittenhouse trial. Before we get started, leave us a good review. Give us five stars. Now let's get in to that first story. As of the filming of this segment, the jury in the Kyle Rittenhouse trial is currently in deliberations, deciding whether or not to convict Kyle Rittenhouse on several charges, including intentional homicide. The verdict may come very, very soon. It was hard for me to put this together. Normally, I've got some news and I can come and I can make, I can make a video, but we are moments away, potentially, from a verdict. Now, I've heard some rumors that their expectations, the verdict will come out today. I don't know for sure. What I can tell you is that already outside the courthouse, fights are starting. It's early in the day. Nothing too extreme. Some people shoving each other. One guy doing some ninja kicks. There are two different protest groups. There are groups in support of Kyle Rittenhouse, groups that are opposed to him. And we're already hearing the left say they will riot. They will shut it down. We're already hearing the right say they will defend themselves. Just think for two seconds how insane this sounds. Look, I've got two high profile personalities. You got Hassan Piker on the left. You got Steven Crowder on the right. Hassan is criticizing the right for stating they will go out and defend themselves from riots. And Crowder is saying, if you go out and violently attack people, we'll defend ourselves. These are the, these are the realities you have to choose from. One in which violent rioters can destroy your town and defending yourself is wrong. And one where you simply say, please do not attack my town. And if you attack me, I will defend myself is where we're currently at. I think this is going to play a major role in 2022. And I think people are waking up and rejecting this. The Black Lives Matter riots, the Kyle Rittenhouse trial is activating people like we've never seen before. And we've got the polling to prove it right now on civics. Black Lives Matter has equal opposition and support. 45, 44% support, 44% oppose. And I think Regular people who normally don't pay attention to politics were thrust into this, are now angry, confused. And so long as the establishment media keeps supporting the narrative, the lies. 
So long as they do that, we will see the Democrats suffer. It was Kamala Harris who fundraised for rioters. It was Joe Biden's staff who fundraised for rioters. And regular people on the left and the right do not want to be attacked and want to live peacefully. Now it's the leftists, the hardcore revolutionary types that are pursuing and pushing. It is the establishment Democrats that are backing them up. Now, I'm not surprised the far left is revolutionary. I got to say, when you see the establishment Democrats just pile on because they know it'll get them votes, then you are going to see regular people in this country recoil. I'm going to go through a little bit about what's going on, but we expect mass rioting if Kyle Rittenhouse is found not guilty. And I'll tell you this, if they find him not guilty on the first counts, the intentional uh, reckless homicide, I believe it's, I believe, or I'm sorry, I believe it's reckless homicide. But if they find him not guilty on some of the charges and guilty on the lesser included charges, I believe we will still see riots. In fact, people are already talking about wanting to riot because the gun charge was dismissed because they don't know the law. PolitiFact even coming out and saying it was we rated it false that Kyle Rittenhouse had a legal right to bear this weapon, even though they knew there was an exemption for people 16 or 17. It's incredible. Let's take a look at what's already happening outside the courthouse as tensions heat, as we're all waiting this verdict. And you know what the scariest thing for me is? Well, I'll say the scariest thing is if Kyle Rittenhouse is found guilty, it's, 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 a, it's, it's damaging to all of us and our self-defense, our rights. But at any moment, and this is less serious, the verdict could, could, could come in. So by the time you watch this, this video may be out of date. But let's talk about what we're currently seeing, and I will give you that update. Before we get started, my friends, head over to TimCast.com, become a member, and help support our journalists who are writing, who are fact-checking, reporting the news. And as a member, you get access to exclusive members-only segments on the TimCast IRL podcast and our other shows. But don't forget, like this video, subscribe to this channel, share the show with your friends. Let's get right into it. The first story we have is from NBC News. Kenosha braces for possible unrest after Rittenhouse verdict. Downtown business owners said they were ready to board up their stores and offices should protests turn into looting and violence. Let's be real about something. They're not boarding up their stores because they're scared of the right coming out to defend Kyle Rittenhouse. No one believes right wing militias will attack anyone. The left doesn't. The right doesn't. No one believes it. Everybody in between. No one. Okay, maybe a little hyperbolic, but I think in all honesty, fairly accurate. There may be some people who are just that dumb who think right wing militia groups are going to go out and riot. They're not. The left, however, will. It's not a matter of condemnation or condoning anything. It is a statement of fact. The left riots. The right typically in almost every circumstance doesn't. And I say almost every because they've had their moments. But let's not just read this story. I'll come back to the story. The reason why I think this is important, possible unrest. Let me show you some tweets, some shoving going on in Kenosha in front of the courthouse. This is from Right Side Broadcasting Network's live stream. Now, I can't show you that that conflict. I want to make sure this video can be seen by as many people as possible. But if I show you the conflict right now, it is low tier. YouTube may actually take this video down. We've got this this video right here. 
Rebecca Brandon says some tension is growing with a few counter protesters who have arrived outside the courthouse, one chanting earlier Black Lives Matter for child abusers and almost gets kicked. So you, you have this guy holding a sign, this guy with a megaphone. The guy with the sign starts taking kicks at this guy because, look, right now it's like, as, as, as of recording this, it's, two or th- it's between 2 and 3 p.m. Central Time. And you have tensions rising during the day. Kenosha, as you can see, is trending in Texas. <laughs> Everybody's talking about this. Protests happen during the day, bleed out into the night. Riots start at night under the cover of darkness when these people are less likely to get stopped. I've got some more for you. Protesters have been gathering. If Kenosha don't get it, shut it down. Chance outside the courthouse as Rittenhouse trial nears conclusion here in Wisconsin. Stephen Crowder tweets, if Kyle Rittenhouse walks, rightfully so, and protests start, the right needs to mobilize and counter. This is about God-given right to self-defense, and we need to vocally and publicly preserve it. Look at this response. He crossed state lines with a gun. If he had stayed home, he wouldn't have been in the situation. Kyle Rittenhouse did not cross state lines with a gun. Kyle Rittenhouse, as the judge so ordered, was in possession of a legal firearm. Now, some may say straw purchase. Dominic Black bought the weapon knowing it was for Kyle Rittenhouse. That's not even technically illegal. Now, he's being charged with it because the prosecution seeks to make their claim that it was illegal. The argument is Kyle Rittenhouse gave money to Dominic Black to buy an AR-15 that Dominic Black would own until Kyle Rittenhouse was old enough to possess it. The problem is that he then gives it to Kyle Rittenhouse to walk around with, and thus you have these charges. We'll see if they stick, considering the judge has dismissed count six against Kyle Rittenhouse. The fact remains, Kyle Rittenhouse did not commit any crime in that capacity. He was legally bearing a rifle. There's an exception for this. And thus, he didn't cross state lines. He was in a town where his dad lives, where he works, where his grandma lives, where his cousins live. For all intents and purposes, he lived in a suburb of this town. That's Crowder's point. Hassan Piker, the left personality, says, when Kyle Rittenhouse walks and there's unrest in Kenosha in protest, I hope we don't see the Rittenhouse precedent in action. That immediate night by other that immediate night by other patriots who are simply defending random buildings. Let's think about this for two seconds. Picture this. You're driving on the open road, taking in the beautiful views this country offers. Then out of nowhere, you hear a noise and your car breaks down. While still frustrating, you feel protected because you have a plan through CarShield. CarShield has helped millions of drivers from having to pay back-breaking car repair costs. All you have to do is call before a breakdown. Plans can pay for expensive repairs on your out-of-warranty car, truck, or SUV. All for CarShield's low monthly rate that never goes up as long as you cover your car. With a plan through CarShield, you get protection on over 5,000 major parts and systems with just a visit to carshield.com carlson. I'm talking big money items like your transmission, engine, electronics, and so much more. CarShield is here to keep you moving forward and make car breakdowns and the repairs that follow just a tiny bump in the road. Go to carshield.com carlson. Protect yourself from the unprecedented rise in costs for parts and repairs. Visit now to save 20%. carshield.com carlson. That's carshield.com slash Carlson. Is the argument from Hassan Piker that it is justified 
people go out, burn things down, destroy businesses, and threaten the lives of others. The police don't intervene. I think that's wrong. I also don't want to see right-wing groups showing up with rifles to guard buildings. I don't want to see it. But I'll tell you this, the riots are worse. This is the challenge. They're all bad. And I think we can all agree when we're at a point where we where we're like, well, I guess it's slightly better that the armed groups with 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 medical kits and rifles are coming out. No, 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 no. This is why police are supposed to do their job. They're not doing their job. What do we want to happen in Kenosha? Nothing. We want people to go about their lives, live peacefully. And if there's going to be a protest, I 100 percent respect it. Come out, wave your signs, make your demands, stand in front of that cornhouse and chant and megaphone. Get in the way, obstruct engage in civil disobedience in a nonviolent fashion. And you have my respect. But when you threaten people's safety with fires at gas stations, smashing windows, no, the police must stop that. But they didn't. They didn't. For several days, they did not in Kenosha. And now this is where we're at. Look, I can understand your point, Hassan. We don't want people going out with weapons and feeling justified to just engage in this behavior. But I got to tell you this, the first thing you should be saying is, guys, do not burn down working class people's homes and businesses. They weren't going after big one percenters and corporations. It was a small business. It was gas stations. These are they, they may have a corporate logo, but they are typically owned by individuals. They're small businesses. Where's the condemnation for that? I got no problem saying, I don't want to see militias or groups with guns marching through the streets. I don't want to see it. But I'll tell you this. It's all bad. But the riots are substantially worse. And if the police will not stop the rioters and the left will not condemn it, you will see more right wing groups come out. And don't expect me to blame Kyle Rittenhouse when the police didn't do their job, when the left said defund the police. And this is what we got. He goes on to say, oh, never mind. They're already gearing for it. Referencing Steven Crowder. I hope nobody is gearing for anything, but the reality is they probably are. I wish we could just have calm. Fox News says Kenosha on edge tempers flare among demonstrators. In this video, it's just counter protesters and they're yelling at each other. But this is important because it's the middle of the day. What's going to happen tonight? I fear. Rebecca Brandon says protesters are making more signs as crowd grows outside the courthouse. Heroes killed while standing up for black lives and justice in the beautiful rising. The beautiful rising? They bashed an old man over the back of the head. They burned down buildings. These people are fascists. They have support from the establishment corporations. They have support from government officials. These are the fascists. Right now, it is the state. Hold on. I thought the state was patriarchal, white supremacist. It is the state seeking to imprison Kyle Rittenhouse. Kyle Rittenhouse, who rendered aid to the protesters themselves. The state is coming after him. All of these people defending the state, they are the fascists. They are the ones that are supporting corporation and state and the actions henceforth. And what can we expect? The Washington Post says it very plainly for all of you to hear. No matter the verdict in the Rittenhouse trial, black residents of Kenosha say justice remains elusive. 
What does that mean? It's simple. It doesn't matter what happens to Kyle Rittenhouse. They are going to keep rioting. There will still be violence and destruction. And I fear for everybody of this city. I honestly fear for the protesters. I don't want anyone to get hurt. And I think we should all agree. We don't want people getting hurt. I can't stand it. You know, I, I'll, 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 say, I'll put it this way. I remember when, when, when Ruth Bader Ginsburg, when she passed, and I said, look, disagree with, with some of her rulings. I think she was an ideologue. But I think she has a very storied, profound career that inspires a lot of people. And I can respect her service to this country despite being at odds with some of her decisions. Donald Trump said, wow, you know, really remarkable woman. I'm paraphrasing. But there were people who were gloating and laughing. And that is the vile nastiness I do not want to see. I just can't stand it. I wish we had this world where it was like, I really disagree with this person, but they're a good friend of mine. And we try to work through these things and figure out how to live together. That's what we're aiming for. But I got I to stress a point for all of you. And I got to make sure I drive this one home. The right, the conservatives, the moderates, the independents, the 2A activists are not the ones creating this conflict. It is the left. It is Antifa. It is Black Lives Matter. It is the revolutionary communists. They're going out and attacking the working class. Now, look, I get it when people talk about you know, the, the battle in Seattle, you know, the World Trade Organization protests throwing the brick through that Starbucks window. I think it's wrong. It doesn't solve problems. It makes them worse. But people are like, but don't you understand these corporations are bad? Yada. Oh, 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 oh look. listen, I know the corporations are bad. I think massive monopolistic power is destroying the rights of the working class. I think, you know, these big corporations, they'll open a corporate coffee chain right next door to a mom and pop shop drop their prices down below market because they are subsidized by other chains, drive mom and pop out of business. Then once they control that space, jack the prices back up. I detest it. But who are these people to come out and attack mom and pop shops themselves? Be it the police who shut them down, be it the the rioters who went after them. This is what I fear will come. I need you all to understand this is this is the George Floyd protests Wikipedia page. They don't call it the George Floyd riots. And that to me is surprising. You know why? The official count is 25 dead. I want to I want you to hear that again. 25 people dead. Is that justice? Was that justice for George Floyd? If that's the kind of justice they want to bring to our towns, then I say no. And I think Crowder is then right. People will defend themselves. Not morally right, factually right. I don't want to see people going out and fighting. But do you expect when 25 people are dead with billions of dollars in damage to mom and pop small businesses that people are going to sit back and just say, please, please stop. We'll do nothing. No, 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 no. People are going to say I'm mad as hell and I'm not going to take it anymore. People are starting to wake up to this, and it is going to have a major impact on the Democratic Party. The Republicans don't support the riots. The Republicans don't support Black Lives Matter for the most part. And I mean the politicians. So when you have Democrats coming out, when you have Democrats coming out in support of this, don't be surprised when people say, I don't like the Republican platform. I am not pro-life. I am not religious. I actually believe in progressive taxes, but the one thing I can tell you that I do believe in is peace. So when these activists come out and destroy my home, I will vote for a ham sandwich if it means an end 
to the riots. This is the polling for Black Lives Matter. Civics has 281,000 people responding. Do you support or oppose the Black Lives Matter movement? 44% oppose, 44% support. Now, there was a brief moment where opposition was slightly higher than support. But for the most part, 44% to 44%. Take a look where it was before. Now, there was a period where opposition was way higher than support. And support overtook opposition as people were being converted. After the George Floyd incident, it was actually quite simple. Many people said what happened to George Floyd was wrong. Now, we know the circumstances. We know that he was not a saint, but we wish he didn't lose his life. And people saw that and they said, I can't believe it, man. We, we got to fix this system. And all of a sudden, opposition drops. And those who were uninitiated and didn't know drop as well. 25% neither support or suppose. And, you know, I, I don't know. All of a sudden, support. 52%. But then what happened? Riots. And opposition skyrockets. And support drops to the point where the trend is being reversed. Now, I'll send out a warning to all you on the right. We take a look at these demographics, and what do we see? Among 18 to 34-year-olds, 54% support. Among 35 to 49-year-olds, 46% support, which is the plurality, 41% oppose. It is only among 50-year-olds where you start to see opposition. That means get ready for the next 10 years where people don't care that these people have burned down buildings, destroyed, harmed people, threatened their lives. And yes, 25 people died, just as they call it. In the next 10 years, we're going to see the 49 bracket push into the 50 bracket, and you are going to start to see more and more support for Black Lives Matter. Now, that being said, we are seeing a decline in support, which means many people who are 18 to 34 they may actually start to drop. Take a look at this. Initially, support among 18 to 34-year-olds is, you know, younger millennials, 47%, and it spiked at 66% when the George Floyd incident happened. Today, among millennials, it is 54%. So it is dropping. That is somewhat good news. And, and, and I'll break that down in a second. Opposition has been rising. It's good news because we don't want ideological zealots running this country, a fringe minority of people who have lied, who are cheating, who are stealing. What we want is reason, logic, and compassion. We want to recognize the harsh, harsh truths in our society, that there is injustice, that there is racism. We want to make sure everybody is treated fairly and equally under the law. And it doesn't always happen. You know, right now, many on the left are like, what if Kyle Rittenhouse was a black teenager? You know what? What if? And if he was, I would absolutely be saying the same thing I'm saying now, because I will tell you this, Gage Grosskreutz, the leftist revolutionary, has a constitutional right to keep and bear arms in this country. Now, now he was illegally carrying that handgun. And I'll tell you this, I will always defend his right to keep and bear arms. That being said, if he gets charged, that's the statute right now. It is wrong and it should be overturned. Now, I think this guy is a zealot. I think he's an ideologue. I think he lied multiple times on the stand. They have said his gun he was in possession, he was possessing was illegally possessed, illegally concealed. And you know what I say to that? That may be true, but I believe he has a God-given right to have that gun, no matter his ideology. 
I don't care if you're on the left, you're on the right. I don't care if you're religious. I don't care if you're black, white, Asian, Mexican. You have a right to keep and bear arms. I don't know what's going to happen in the future, but I can give you a little bit of understanding about what's going to happen now as we await this verdict. Earlier today, Kyle Rittenhouse conducts a random draw. This was surprising to me, seating seven women and five men for the jury. They put the names of all the jurors in a tumbler, rotated it around, and Kyle Rittenhouse selected at random six names. I actually thought that was shocking because it means Kyle Rittenhouse got to see the names of some of the jurors. That being said, Kyle Rittenhouse is allowed to. He's allowed to know who the jurors are. He can see them in the courtroom. Just we can't. Six jurors were chosen as alternates. So they were told not to discuss the case. I believe they were dismissed, but we'll see what happens. The judge said it's rare they'll be called back in. And now we're awaiting deliberations. There is some interesting information here. Giovanni Liegi, this is verified on Twitter. He's a multimedia reporter for Fox News, says the jury in the Rittenhouse trial has asked for 11 additional copies only of pages one through six of the jury instructions. These pages lay out the self-defense privilege. Interesting. And we can speculate all day and night. So this means there was one copy of the self-defense privilege instructions. When they went in, the 12 jurors sat down and said, everyone needs to read this. It could be nothing. It could literally be them saying, okay, this is a case on self-defense. Everybody's going to need a copy to read. It could be some people were not convinced it was self-defense. And they went in there and said, it's not self-defense. And someone said, you need to read the instructions. I don't need to read anything. No, everyone needs to read this. It could be that everybody walked in and said, this is self-defense. And someone said, let's be sure. Let's be sure we're right about this because we don't want to get it wrong. Let's get 11 more copies. I'll tell you what I think the simple solution is. Because a lot of people are going like, oh man, what can this mean? I think the simple solution is one copy is not enough for 12 jurors. And they want to be able to read it themselves. That's what we're seeing. But maybe, I don't know. I got to be honest, I'm sitting here and I'm nervous. I, I'm talking now for 20, 24 minutes. For all I know, the verdict's already come in. Again, I'll tell you this. I got my sources and there is room. It's rumors, nothing confirmed. Expectation of a verdict today. So I've been sitting here just like watching the live stream roll, wondering if it's going to come down in the middle of a segment. I don't know. Take a look at this from the New York Post. This is from James A. Gagliano. From irresponsibly pointing a gun to tisking, DA's closing in Rittenhouse trial was pathetic. And they may be sitting here as a, as, as a supporter of Kyle Rittenhouse saying, this is great news. This is great, great news. The prosecution flubbed it. We all know he flubbed it. I am not here to blow smoke. I am not here to lie. I am not here to say, everybody knows Kyle's going to win. From Legal Insurrection, Rittenhouse Trial, defense delivers disappointingly weak closing argument. We do not know. And everybody who's like guilty on all counts, and I've heard it, I've seen it from the left, and everybody on the right who says he's, he's not guilty, not guilty on all counts. Shipping can make or break a sale, so optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. They make it easy to automate and manage orders no matter how big your business grows. And they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Sign up for your free 60-day trial now at ShipStation.com and use the code P-O-D. That's ShipStation.com with the code P-O-D. 
Calm. Calm yourselves. There's a few things I will point out, though. Wisdom of the crowd. When Anna Kasparian and Chris Hayes say we were wrong, when Chris Hayes is like, I, I think an acquittal is likely, I'm looking at the polls. I'm looking at these live streams of 50, 60, 70,000 people. Law and crime, they did a poll. 80% not guilty. And so I got to tell you, the, that's, that's the wisdom of the crowd. Tons of people, they're all asked, and you see where the majority lies. And it's an interesting, it's an interesting premise. If 80% of people believe you'll be found not guilty, you can effectively, out of 100 plus thousand people polled, no, seriously, out of 100, 100 plus thousand people, you can say, well, there's a lot of bias in there. But with 100,000 people, if they all feel that way, why would not the jury, right? But think about it this way. 80% is not 100%, meaning there are still some people who say he's guilty. The jury could come back. The jury could say not guilty on counts one, two, three, but guilty on the lesser included of reckless endangerment. They could argue, yeah, he was defending himself from Rosenbaum. But he put Richie McGinnis in harm's way because he chose to have that rifle. I don't think the defense did a good enough job explaining the firearms. Because here's how I would have put it. I would say the prosecution has argued Kyle Rittenhouse did not need this rifle to protect himself. Well, I would tell you this. It is not legal for the defendant to carry a handgun. If he wanted to protect himself with a firearm. Perhaps there were better firearms to have, but the law gives him the exception only on this rifle. And in fact, he chose a 223. And and he should have shown the 223 around. He should have said that's what it looks like. He could have then held up a 450 Bushmaster or 458 Socom or a 50 BMG. And he could have said, "Listen, and here's how I'd put it. Kyle Rittenhouse chose an AR15, a one of the most common self-defense weapons in the world, mostly in the United States, but used all over the place. And, and, and he chose it chambered in a relatively small round, I believe one of the smallest. I know you can you can get, you know, a 22 or 17 super mag, you know, they're very small, but he chose a very common small round. If he had the ability to choose something else, could he have perhaps? But this is just it's a common it's a common item to hold it against him because the law restricts what else he could carry, I think is unfair. This is what is allowed, and that's what he chose. But the fact remains, he brought a medical kit with him. It was not about intentionally harming anybody. It was not about being reckless. It was about going out there knowing these people have attacked the elderly. These people have burned down buildings. You know, I, I really wonder about this. Maybe it came up, and maybe they weren't able to do it, but I wonder why they didn't show the 70-year-old man being bashed over the back of the head. Perhaps the judge said it's not relevant to what Kyle Rittenhouse was thinking. But no, I think it was. I mean, we talked about the, the, the trailers being set aflame. We talked about the buildings being burned down. Show the video of that man being bashed over the back of the head. And say, Kyle Rittenhouse saw this. Maybe he didn't. Maybe he didn't. Maybe that's why they didn't bring it up. But I saw it. And that's when I was like, something's got to change. For the past several couple of years, the past year for the most part, the left has been saying defund and abolish the police. Now, my my stance in a sane world is that it is wrong to take away our police force. But you know what? In the past year, I've had a coming around. Why? Because I watched the same videos you did. I watched police arrest people in their own homes. 
while Black Lives Matter protested them. I watched police stand by as riots happened across this country for several days as as 25 people died. I watched the police do nothing. And who is on trial right now? Kyle Rittenhouse. The police did nothing. I watched in New York as the police defended the Black Lives Matter mural. So don't come to me and say blue lives matter. Because if they did, if the police were doing their jobs from the get go, Kyle Rittenhouse would never be in this situation. These buildings would never have been burned down. The 25 people who lost their lives never would have. It would not have been David Dorn, a retired police captain going out on his own and losing his life in these riots. It would have been the police doing their jobs. So I will not defend these institutions that stood by as people died and went to the homes of regular people and arrested them who shut down small businesses and today testify against Kyle Rittenhouse. No, I will say it very clearly. Abolish the police. You know why? They weren't there anyway. Why should I stand up for an institution that stood by after 25 people died? Why should I? I believe policing is important. I believe most police, the overwhelming majority, are good people. I believe they do a good job. But I believe when it came down to it, when it mattered most, they did nothing. They stood by and let these cities fall apart. But you know what? I'll say this as well. There are people who vote for this. And so I can understand a lot of the cops saying I'm not getting involved. But then I look at these detectives testifying against Kyle Rittenhouse. Never should have happened. The police should have said no. The police thanked them for being there. We heard that testimony. And now the department has the gall to come out and say, no, we we, we investigated him as a criminal. If Kyle Rittenhouse did not bring that weapon there with him that day, you would have three people on trial. You would most likely just have Rosenbaum on trial for brutally beating and possibly killing Kyle Rittenhouse. But Kyle Rittenhouse decided not to, to, to stand back. He decided he would go out there to help those who were protesting with a medical kit, but he would defend himself as well. We've seen all the videos of people being brutally beaten, and we know that 25 people died in the George Floyd riots. Could have been 26. Because the Kenosha riots, albeit the Jacob Blake riots, it was all part of this big wave. Kyle Rittenhouse could have lost his life, but he didn't because he defended himself. And a mob of ideologues attacked him after the fact without knowing what happened instead of letting him go to the police. Why? Kyle Rittenhouse was running to the police. Gage Grosskreutz knew in some way he was involved with the police. He testified he thought, Rittenhouse said, I'm working with the police. Okay, well, he's going to the cops. Let him. It's over. Instead, he draws a gun on him, charges at him. Anthony Hoover sees a kid running towards the police. Legit, a couple blocks away. What does he do? Hits him with the skateboard, skateboard twice and tries to take the weapon. The moment he had his hand on that gun, and he did, he was in possession. He was armed. I hope the jury comes back with the right verdict. I'll leave it there. Get ready for tonight, my friends. It is going to be the craziest and biggest show we've ever done on TimCast IRL because we're nuts. I'll put it this way. Every big name in Austin. I hope you're ready for this.
8 p.m. YouTube.com slash TimCastIRL. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. The UK has taken the first step. If you want your vaccine passport, you now must get your booster shot because some people don't care. Some people lay back and say, I will do whatever the government tells me to do because they've not read a history book, a philosophy book, or any one of the nightmare dystopia novel warnings we've been given. And those that do not learn from history are doomed to repeat it. And unfortunately for you and me, we're on the same boat. So long as these people keep just going along with it, we are trapped in that crowd shuffling forward. But I will tell you this. I actually, I actually believe we've been winning on the grounds of freedom and liberty in many areas. We've lost some battles. We've gained many because I got to tell you, if you ever want to look for some optimism, just track the constitutional carry map from 1986 till today. Gun rights. That is one of the most important rights has been expanding. We have gained more and more constitutional carry across the board here in Texas. We're currently on location. They just got constitutional carry as well. It's gotten better. But when we see these stories, you need to understand that the administrative state, be it in one country or another, is expanding its powers. Now, what we're seeing here with the mandatory booster shot for your COVID passport will come to the U.S. It will. The CDC has already said they're ready to change the definition of fully vaccinated. We may need to change the definition, but we're seeing a resistance movement. Check this out from TimCast.com. Dozens of New York City sanitation workers suspended amid fake vaccine card probe. I, I am not here to condemn nor condone, but to simply point out la resistance will stand strong. And again, no, not condemning or condoning. I'm pointing out that when the state comes after Americans, Americans say no. This is why it's so hard for them to pull off what they pulled off in the UK. In the UK, you can't have a weapon. In Canada, you can't defend yourself. Now you got to have booster shots. But I'll tell you this, Florida has gone the opposite direction. No mandates, no masks, and they have some of the lowest rates of COVID in the country. Explain that one to me, Fauci. But let this still serve as a warning why we must remain vigilant and stand for our rights and defend liberty for everybody. Because the moment you falter is the moment they break down that door. You give them that inch and they will take that mile. From The Guardian, number 10 plans booster jab requirement for people to obtain COVID pass. The booster jab requirement, number 10, that means UK. Now, let's see what it's not. There we go. They say ministers are set to require three vaccinations from those eligible for booster jabs in order to qualify as being fully vaccinated in areas where people must prove their status, such as travel or avoiding mandatory isolation. You see how crazy things are getting? Boy, I'm not confident about where we're going. There was a segment that, uh, you know, Alex Jones was talking about this. I, I appeared on his show on Sunday. He was talking about Jeff Bezos. Bezos made a comment where he said, in the future, people are going to go live in space and very few people will get to live on Earth. It'll be a park, a resort, a, you know, a history museum or something like that. Now, I don't take that necessarily to mean that we're all going to get evicted from Earth. That wouldn't make sense. You can't get all these people off the planet. What it sounds to me like he's saying is that people will eventually not want to be here. 
People will start being born in space. And people have no reason to be here. So they'll only come for vacation or whatever. But it's an interesting point. What would the Earth be in that scenario where there's almost no people on it because Jeff Bezos thinks we want to be in space? I'll tell you. It's not going to be a park. There will be parks. There will be the ruins of old New York preserved and only a few, maybe a few million people. And you'll walk around and go, wow, this is what the city was like. And you'll go back to space. But the Earth overwhelmingly will be a mining colony. That's the vision Jeff Bezos has. Now, he can come out and say, it'll be great. We'll live in space and Earth will be a park, a natural, a national museum or a natural, a national park. Yeah, and it'll be a big mining colony. They'll strip parts from these big cities to build spaceships and all that stuff if that's the world he envisions. In order to maintain this planet, this is a sad and scary reality. This is a finite, this is a planet with finite resources. The left really needs to understand this, but you know what? So does the right. Now, there are a lot of people on the right that I think do understand this. You know, speaking of Alex Jones, I think one of the most important points that we talked about when he came on my show, this was like last year, was I was like, what if you're what, what, what if they're right? What if the elites know there are too many people and we are boiling ourselves to death? Should we just lay back and let the world be destroyed and humanity come to an end? Or should we actually do something? And Alex said, you know, it's a really important question I ask myself all the time. And I think that is one of the most important things you need to understand. Well, a lot of people want to tell you that all these really, really bad things are happening. The problem I see with it is that they lie all the time. Now, in this instance, we could argue that some of these people are just wrong all the time. and It's not intentional. They said from the beginning, look, if you get one dose, you're vaccinated and now you're allowed to go to these venues. That's how New York was playing it. Then they said, well, you got to get fully vaccinated. Now in the UK, they're saying booster shots. In New York, they're saying booster shots. The NBA, they're saying booster shots. We have a tweet here from Mr. Brian Stelter. Jonathan Rayner, MD. So who's, who's this gentleman? He's, he's a professor of medicine and surgery. He says, every adult in this country, greater than six months out from their second mRNA shot should get a booster. Data shows the ability of the third dose to restore 95% vaccine efficacy. FDA and CDC are taking way too long to get the obvious decision. The U.S. is once again behind the curve here. Okay, I'll tell you this. Talk to a doctor. Talk to a good doctor. And if you're not comfortable, get a second opinion. It's that simple. Because Brian Souther says, just got boosted today. Brian, the FDA and CDC have not come out. As far as I know, this guy is saying they've not come out advocating for this, only for the immunocompromised. We are now in this position where we, we are at the point where they're saying mix and match boosters. I think that's crazy. I th- look, you talk to a doctor. Far be it for me to criticize what they tell you to do because they're going to, you know, it's really funny. If you go to your doctor and your doctor says they recommend the vaccine, I recommend you, you take your doctor's advice. If you're not comfortable, you get a second opinion. I went to a doctor and they said, we're going to give you monoclonal antibodies. And I said, I like that. That sounds good. That's got emergency use of authorization. And now I know it provides some protection similar to the vaccine. And then they said, we want to give you ivermectin and azithromycin. I said, no, I don't want any of that, uh, to be completely honest. And they said, I am prescribing it for you. I am your doctor. You take the medicine I give you. And I went, okay. And the media smeared me for it. All I can do is what my doctor says. Same for you. Brian Stelter goes on to say, Friday booster follow-up. The only short-term side effects were a little bit of bruising and a half day's worth of sluggishness. It was a nice excuse to take a nap, then all back to normal. Get your booster. I am deeply offended by this. 
mostly because he said a good excuse for a nap. What? Okay, look, some people want to be layabouts, not me. You know, uh, it's, it's remarkable the way they treat this. They act like people should be getting this stuff done without advice of their doctors. Okay, now this Jonathan Reiner guy says MD. Maybe he's a doctor. That's fantastic. But you have your personal doctor. I tell you the direction we go will be like the UK. They say Downing Street sources said the intention was to end up in a place where three jabs rather than two was the requirement to obtain a COVID pass showing full vaccination. Though currently only over 40s are eligible for the booster. At first, they said a full vaccination is two shots, but with one, you're basically good. Now they're saying in the UK three. Now they're saying in New York three. I tweeted at Brian Stelter a legitimate question. Everybody freaked out. I said, did you get your fourth booster shot yet? And people were just like, can you count? Are you dumb? Tim's an idiot. And I was like, it's a legitimate question. I was I was honestly asking if he got his fourth shot. Because that's what's interesting to me. We've already heard them say three boosters out. Did you get your fourth? People get really, really mad. And I think it's because I asked a question that's not ready to be asked. Right now, they're saying, get your booster three shots and you're good. I jumped to four. If people, regular people here, wait a minute, you mean mean there's going to be a fourth? Yeah, probably a fifth, probably a sixth, probably, probably every two months if you're on Johnson and Johnson, or I guess if you do the Johnson and Johnson shot, and then they said you can mix and match with the Moderna, you can wait six months. So twice a year, twice a year, la resistance stands strong. Check us out from TimCast.com. Dozens of New York City Department of Sanitation workers have been suspended as part of a probe into fake vaccine cards. Counterfeit vaccine cards have become a big business on the black market as people attempt to take control of their own health care and circumvent mandates. A city official told ABC7 that the workers who are alleged to have used fake cards have been suspended without pay. The Department of Investigations is aware of allegations involving the issuance of bogus vac- vaccination cards and declines further comment. The workers were busted after submitting CVS vaccine cards stating they received one dose of the Johnson & Johnson vaccine. The cards raised red flags because the pharmacy stopped using that brand six months ago. Sanitation Department spokesman Joshua Goodman told the, sanitation, told the station that the Department of Investigation is involved, quote, we are actively investigating the situation in coordination with our partners at the Department of Investigation, he said. There are very concerning allegations and we take them very seriously. Getting vaccinated is important to public health and we do not tolerate anyone faking something that is a requirement of city employment. File lawsuits, please, please, please. Not a class action, individual lawsuits. Each and every one of you, sue the city, please. Look, these are trying times. And I understand people are like, oh, I'll just go out and get this card or whatever. We need precedent. We need the illegality to be knocked down. We need to prove that our courts can handle this and that unconstitutional edict will be found to be unconstitutional. What we're seeing with La Resistance, with these individuals getting fake fax cards, is them basically, look, there's a resistance there, but they're not, they're not setting the standard and the precedent. And that means that only those, it's, it's. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to, has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. 
No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. When being unvaxxed is outlawed, only outlaws will be unvaxxed. How about we set a standard for us as a society and civilization that we file suits? I know. Listen, it's not easy. It's expensive. Not everybody can afford it. But those who can, you should. You have to have standing. So if you work for a, a, a company or, or, or a state organization, you know, institution, and you have the ability to sue, you need to sue the city. Never. Never has the federal government mandated this. And you know how I know? Because it was Fauci who said it. The federal government has never done anything like we're not going to have vaccine mandates. And Joe Biden said the same thing. And, and Jen Psaki said it over and over again. And now it is here. We should not have to be at a point where people have to fake getting a permanent medical procedure in order to have their jobs. But you take a look at what's happening in the UK. You take a look at what's happening in Austria. See the Austria story? In Austria, they issued stay-at-home orders if you are unvaccinated. Now, there's certain... They said if, 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 if there's a certain period where hospitalizations are at a certain level, then maybe uh, you'll be allowed to go outside and, and go about your business. But what they're actually doing, for the most part, is just giving themselves the ability to turn it on and turn it off. I saw a story earlier. It was talking about India. That they want to do climate change mandates just like they do COVID mandates. Don't be surprised if this is where it goes. Once they get you compliant with shutting down your life for one thing, it will happen for any other thing. Let's talk about the planet. Let's get serious for a second. I think the planet's in trouble. I think climate change is a problem. I think ecological collapse is a problem. And I think the people who ignore it, um, they contribute. You know, I can't blame the ignorant. But I can blame the establishment. Now, of course, the left will say they complain about climate change all the time. Yeah, too bad they lie all the time, too. You know, I, I, I have, this, I, I have this, this vision for this great future where we're all informed and we have faith and we trust because we have a system that's willing to admit when it's wrong and an establishment elite that immediately admits when it's wrong. We don't have that. What we have right now is an establishment that never will accept fault. Powerful elites that don't want to be held to account and never will be. So what do we get instead? Well, it's a lot easier for me, say the elitist, to live comfortably on my yacht so long as I just lie and manipulate and trick people to steal their rights and extract from them. And it's remarkable that the progressive left doesn't get this. Oh, they want to talk about the 1%, the wealthy, the extraction of labor and all that stuff. And I'm like, I agree. I agree. You know what the problem is? These elites have pulled the wool over the progressive left's eyes. I saw a meme on Reddit. Somebody tweeted a picture of Steve Bannon. And next to Steve Bannon was Idris Elba. Idris Elba is a ripped, masculine dude. And Steve Bannon is an old, frumpy guy. And they said, reminder that the guy on the left thinks he's genetically superior to the guy on the right. I can tell you definitively, or at least I'll say this. To my understanding, beyond a reasonable doubt, after everything I've, I've heard from Steve Bannon, talked to him about, he's not, he's, he's not a racist. He doesn't believe in genetic su- superiority. This, it's, they just lie. You know why? We had Steve Bannon on Tim Cast IRL. 
And he taught, he said, tax the rich. And I said, Steve, that's not, that's a, that's a left-wing thing. And he's like, I'm just saying the, the wealthy are ripping you off. Wow. If the progressive left actually listened to what Steve Bannon had to say, there could be a united populist front. Oh boy, that's scary for the establishment. Progressive leftists teaming up with right-wing populists to say no to the establishment and form a coalition that votes them out of power and brings about a new dynamic. Oh, that'd be something else. Look, I don't, I don't agree with the socialists. I think they're, they're, they, they've, they've lost it for the most part. But I will tell you, economically, I'm pretty far left. That's a fact. I'm just not a socialist. I like free market enterprise. But I believe that we as a society and we as a civilization need to have an agreement on certain things in the commons that we protect. So that's like a regulation thing. So it's like a center left position for the most part. The problem is the left has been lied to, lied about a lot, but mostly lied, lied to. They were lied to about Kyle Rittenhouse. They were lied to about vaccines and people like Brian Seltzer lie all the time. And it wraps people up in the ball of lies. And what you end up seeing is like with the Kyle Rittenhouse case, they say, I just didn't know. If I had known what really went down, I never would have tweeted the things I did. But you get a wave of people all saying wrong things. And then they all march together wrongly. I mean, you look at the vaccine passport stuff we're talking about now. How many of us warned that they would eventually implement hard mandates when they said they wouldn't? How many of us said it's not just going to be mandates, they're going to, it's going to be booster shots next, and Dave Rubin got suspended for suggesting it, talking about real news stories? It's amazing, isn't it? It's weird, isn't it? But we can see who's in control. It makes me sad, and it makes me worried. I want a better future. I want a Star Trek future. I want, I want us to travel the stars, space stations, colonies, all in outer space, and to protect this planet so that humanity doesn't cease to exist. But I'll tell you what the elites are doing. Yeah, they kind of want that too. You know, and I, I know people like this. I know some of, these, some of these wealthy people. And they're like, look, I'm more effective with my private plane. But if everybody flies, I won't get to use it. And therein lies the true motivation. They want to live with their super yachts. They want to all fly in their jets to COP26. They, 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 you, you tell that story? All the world elites are like private planes to my climate change summit. Why? Because they will always give themselves that privilege, but they will take it from you. In Star Trek, everybody basically has a replicator. You can walk up to it and say, computer, T, Earl Grey, hot, and then when it appears right in front of you. Yeah, I know Captain Picard does that, but anybody, everybody has that. Scarcity has been eliminated through technology. That is not the world the elites want because they want to control population size. Now, I'm not saying they're going to depopulate and purge and all this other stuff like Alex Jones says. I certainly think they want to discourage people from having children. They write articles about it. They say it overtly. I don't think that there's like a nefarious plot to sterilize everybody like a movie or anything like that. I think their goal is just, they're probably saying, uh, Bill Gates has publicly said, in the next 10 years with the right health care and the right plans, we can reduce population growth. It's, it's not, it's not, it's not a secret. And you know, this, this, this is the problem I have with conspiracy theories where they're like, what they really want to do is, you know, they're going to, they're going to do this and do that. And they're going to, sometimes there's conspiracies, but Bill Gates overtly talks about this. He's, he's overt in this. He's like, we need to reduce population. And many others have as well. The problem I have is I can, I can acknowledge 
that I, that we have overpopulation problems. I really do think so. And if you don't, if look, it's not just about the narratives of global warming or what they're saying. It's about I've gone to some of these places and seen the problems. Desalination plants. We'll get water from the ocean. Don't worry. We'll find a way to have more water for more people. And they have to dump brine back in, killing the base level of life, which causes it a, 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 a chain reaction where all the ecology dies because you break the food chain. We can't just disrupt our environment this way. So there is a point at which there will be too many people and diseases will spread and we'll get things worse than COVID. And, you know, I think there are nefarious actors and I think there are many and I think they want to do bad things and I think they want to enrich themselves. I think ultimately you need to understand people are people. Anybody with power, 99%, they'll behave the exact same way. They'll say, I don't want to lose what I got. So how do I maintain this in the face of ecological disaster or a pandemic? Take it from everyone else. That's what they do. So let me let, let me wrap this all up in a nice little bow for you, as I often like to do. As the UK now says, you will need a third dose of your vaccine. They will be exempt. They're always exempt. Did you know that when you fly on a, when you fly on a private plane, you don't got to wear a mask? You don't got to be vaccinated or anything like that. You can book a private plane and they will say, thank you, sir. I went to a fancy restaurant the other night. And guess what it said? No hats allowed. And I walked right in. They didn't say anything to me. They said, right this way, Mr. Pearl. And I sat down and like, here's your filet mignon. And they gave me the vegetables. And I was like, Whoa. I'm kidding. It wasn't really like that. They, they walked me and sat down and said, thank you, sir. What, what, do you, you know, what can I get for you? And I said, I'll take you know, a nice medium rare steak. And I ordered the steak and it was delicious. We had someone out here take us to dinner. And uh, the point is, they have that rule at the front. You know why? If a poor, disheveled looking person comes in, they can then use it as an excuse and say, you're not allowed in here. But when I come in with the, you know, the button up shirt and the nice jeans and I got my, you know, I look presentable even with the hat. They ignore it. They ignore the rules on the front of their building. And I walked in there and I was like, oh, they're not going to let me in. Oh, they let me in. Why? Because they want that money. The only color they care about is green. The only, the only thing they care about is power. And I've seen it a lot. The point of these rules, like at the fancy restaurants, like with the vaccine mandates, is so that you cannot and they can Think about it this way. You ever notice that big cities, New York and San Francisco are good examples. If you want to enter, you got to pay a toll. If you want to leave, it's free. You know what that means? If you're poor and you can't afford to pay, you can easily leave. You want to come back in. That costs money. And that creates an outward pressure. People who are too poor will be like, hey, you guys want to go to the city? Uh, it's a $15 toll, man. Yeah, dude, that's crazy. I don't, I, don't, I don't want to spend the 15 bucks. Oh, we'll just stay here then. Or you're in the city and you're like, hey, let's go to Jersey City. Sure. And you leave. Not getting back in will cost some money. You can always take the train, but the train still costs money as well. This is where we're headed. Pay attention. I got my eyes locked on the Rittenhouse trial. I'm recording this. We'll see what happens with the verdict when it comes. Thanks for hanging out. Next segment will be at 4 p.m. at youtube.com slash Timcast. And I will see you all then. In the criminal trial of Derek Chauvin, the officer involved in the George Floyd incident, the jury deliberated very quickly and came back and found him guilty. 
which was a little surprising, but not too surprising. It was surprising because many of us thought the case had gone well for Chauvin. In fact, the state's own use of force expert testified that Chauvin was entitled to use more force than he had actually used against George Floyd. But I think for obvious reasons, the jury came back and said, no, he's guilty. Well, we know after the trial, these jurors stated they feared for their safety because of the extremists. Today, the jury will begin deliberations in the Kyle Rittenhouse case. And I'm going to be honest with you guys. I think we're all biased. We have approached this from the beginning, having heard from witnesses, having watched the video, having having seen everything about this case, and not to mention that many of us are biased in, uh, in terms of the Second Amendment and self-defense. And so we viewed this whole case from that perspective. And I've stated as much, you know, look, I'm a big fan of Andrew Bronca's legal analysis over at Legal Insurrection, but let's be real. I mean, he's a use of force expert. He's a self-defense expert, but he's been very favorable to Chauvin and Kyle Rittenhouse. And, you know, I think it's important to point out he's been fair as well. He's called out when the defense has done bad, when the state has done, done well. But we heard a lot in Chauvin, in Chauvin's trial, how bad the prosecution was going and how many mistakes they made. And Chauvin was still convicted. Now the feds are coming after him. Let's just put, let's just start with this. Even if Kyle Rittenhouse does get acquitted on all charges, which I got to be honest, I'm not, I'm not too convinced of. Well, then the feds might still come after him. I think we're biased and I think we must approach this from the view and set expectations. Kyle Rittenhouse may absolutely get convicted on some very serious charges. As much as a lot of people don't want to hear it, ADA Krause passionately said, just because someone is threatening you, you don't get to just go and shoot a bunch of people. It's an interesting and impassioned argument that is technically incorrect. If people are threatening you and they're putting you at, re at risk of great bodily harm or fear, you do get to defend yourself. We just would prefer it if it didn't happen. But you know, I was watching the closing arguments from the defense yesterday and some things, some things put me off. I was confused by some things and I've got some criticisms. I was reading some posts from leftists. A friend of mine who is a particular, particularly lefty and it's just shocking. I mean, it's cool. I, I'm, I, I'm glad that we're friends. You know, this person clearly disagrees with me on everything, but we get along and it's fantastic. I, I, would, I would say friends. And uh, this person said, the defense did a miserable job. And after watching the prosecution, they didn't realize how strong of a case they actually had against Kyle Rittenhouse. Uh, I think that's bias in the other direction. I think the left is looking at the Kyle Rittenhouse case saying, wow, he pointed his rifle at them. Therefore, it's provocation, not self-defense. You're going to convince the jury of that. I'm not entirely convinced. I think the jury will see that this is kid was it was an EMT. He wanted to help. He was helping the riders. He was trying to deescalate, but things got out of hand and he defended himself. However, that's a bias that we have because, well, we've had the we've had the benefit of a year of talking with people like Richie McGinnis, Drew Hernandez, Julio Rosas, uh, uh, Jorge Ventura, etc., uh, uh, Shelby Talcott, all of these people, Elijah Schaefer, witnesses on the ground to the night in question, not necessarily to the specific uh, uh, moments with Rittenhouse, but you know, all these people are down there witnessing this stuff happen, and to us. It's, it, it's, it's, it's clear. We've seen the riots in the greater context. We've seen the riots in, in Milwaukee, in Seattle. We've seen all of this. We've seen the Chaz. We know who Rosenbaum is. And so, of course, when we watch this, we view it very much so from the, well, we know that Kyle Rittenhouse was not a rioter. 
We know he's not part of a greater movement. We know he's not some wingnut militia guy. He was a kid who wanted to be a local cop. No, no delusions of grandeur there. But let me tell you a few things. We have this from the New York Post. They go through the counts, the, 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 the deliberations on potential prison times. They're going to be deliberating. And when I was watching the closing arguments from the defense, I was disappointed. I mean it. You know, they basically do a PowerPoint presentation. That's how it works. And I felt like ADA Binger was frustrating. He was annoying. He was insulting and condescending, manipulative, deceptive. But as much as I think people who support Kyle Rittenhouse don't want to accept it, he had a through line with his presentation and his closing argument. And his lies will greatly help him in, in, in getting Kyle Rittenhouse convicted should they come back and convict. ADA Kraus. The other, so that's Binger and Kraus. Kraus was the heavier set gentleman. And uh, I think he did a way better job than, than, than Binger. Now, people were, I, I tweeted this. I said, Binger's way better at this than, uh, I'm sorry, Kraus is way better at this than Binger. And I had people saying to me, what, what trial are you watching? Are you crazy? He's flubbing it. That's arrogance. I saw Kraus. I've seen his screw ups. I've seen Binger's screw ups. But don't forget when the, when the defense failed to object on a bunch of, th- on a bunch of things. And, and maybe that was the goal of the defense. Let the prosecution come off as abrasive and aggressive and annoying. Okay, maybe. But during the closing arguments, uh, well, uh, before I get to that, in, in Krauss's testimony, he was impassioned and believable. Doesn't mean he's right. It just means that when Binger is presenting his argument, it's annoying and it grates on me. And I think, I think the defense realized that when he does things like, Kyle Rittenhouse came with a gun to kill people. I'm like, just shut. Oh, jeez, man. Calm down. But Kraus, that was interesting. Because Kraus was like, you don't get to just shoot people, okay? You ha- you, there's other means. There's, there's non-lethal means. There's things you can do if you fear for your safety. And it's like, you know, he was approaching this from a layman perspective. And this is the important point. Andrew Bronca, big fan, as I mentioned, he's got a great legal analysis called Defense Delivers Disappointingly Weak Closing Argument. <clears throat> well, I'll defer to the experts on this one, but I will point something out. Richards, this defense attorney you see here, there were some periods where I felt like he was insulting the jury. I mean it. Look, I think the facts speak for themselves. I think we all, we sat here last night with Drew Hernandez, one of the defense's witnesses, a witness of the night in question. He filmed it. And we all agree Kyle Rittenhouse was acting in self-defense. These people were criminals. The state is lying. But you need to understand, you or I have the benefit of hindsight, internet searches. We need, you need to frame this from the perspective of a juror who has no idea what's going on. They don't know or care about BLM riots. They don't know or care about what Antifa is. So Drew Hernandez did a great job in, in, across the board, in my opinion. But there were some pitfalls. When he was saying Antifa and Black Lives Matter... People in the jury are probably like, I don't know what Antifa means. That's important. It's very important. But there were key moments where I, w- I was surprised at the demeanor that Richards had with the jury. Now, we'll see if it pays off. But I would never approach a jury that way. You guys watch my show. You hear how I talk about these things. Why? You know, when I was a kid, I always had adults saying, wow, when you go up, you're going to make a great lawyer. And I, I, I hate law and I hate politics and, and all that stuff, like actively involved in those positions. No, 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 no. 
But the reason why people would say this to me is because I was always attempting to be convincing and diplomatic. And I think you'll see that in the videos I do, right? This video itself is an example of temper your expectations. We may see a conviction and there's good and, and, and you can't ignore this. What do I say? What did I say last night? I am sad that Rosenbaum lost his life and I genuinely 100% mean it. Rosenbaum was a disgusting, abhorrent monster. Criminal does not do justice to the the sociopathy, the, the, the atrocities this man committed. One of the worst human beings you could ever imagine. The things he did to children, I can't say. He's a disgusting, he was a disgusting, despicable person. And I don't want him harmed. There are people who just want vengeance, and I, I don't want to see that. I want to see him locked up. I want to see him remain in the mental hospital or the jail where they had put him away because he was a danger to himself and others. And they release him after committing his atrocities, and he goes to this event. He's not a member of any movement. He was just violent and angry, and he was screaming, shoot me. And you know what the problem is? What really shocked me? The defense said they were glad that Rittenhouse killed those men because if he had not, then he would have lost his life. That was a shocking statement for me to hear from the defense because I got to be honest, it pissed me off. It pissed me off because my, my, my I look at Anthony Huber. Look, the guy who's been convicted of some crimes, but I'm not going to condemn a guy for uh, uh, crimes he's committed if he's paid his debt to society. That be, and, and, and more importantly, if your argument is that these people committed crimes, then keep them locked up. Keep them locked up. Anthony Huber had no idea what was going on that night. Neither did Gage Grosskreutz. They, 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 they were just a mob chasing after Rittenhouse, and they attacked him. And Kyle Rittenhouse had a right to defend himself. But I would never... Say it the way Richards would say it to somebody. And you know, because you've heard me say it. I would say something like, members of the jury, we mourn for those whose lives were lost in this tragic event. You have individuals, by many accounts, who were fighting for a cause they believed in. Now, I believe whether or not they were fighting for a cause they believe in, they created a very serious harm to themselves and those around them. And because of their actions, they put other people's lives in jeopardy. It is unfortunate. It is traumatizing to Kyle Rittenhouse that he was forced into this position, that he desperately tried to escape repeatedly. He was he was put in a position where as a 17 year old, he would have to use such force on these people. And it's sad. No one should have lost their lives, but it wasn't Kyle who created the problem. It wasn't Kyle who threatened anyone's life. It wasn't Kyle who provoked anyone. No, in fact, it was Kyle who, as we heard from Drew Hernandez, tried to de-escalate. It was Kyle who brought a medical kit to try and treat those, even the protesters, the rioters themselves. But Rosenbaum took issue with Kyle Rittenhouse trying to put out fires and protect this community that he was seeking to destroy. You've heard it from the prosecution. They flipped over porta potties. They set fire to dumpsters. They torched a truck, flipping it in the middle of the street. They sought to cause harm and potentially put other people's lives at risk. 
So when Rosenbaum had threatened death upon Kyle Rittenhouse, he created the situation. And it was tragic and unfortunate. I, I, you know, I think about the people who lost their lives and the pain that's going to be, you know, for uh, the people who knew Rosenbaum for all of the horrifying things he did. Now, I'll, I'll speak, you know, not as if I'm talking to a jury, but, to, you know, to you guys, Rosenbaum was a disgusting, disgusting monster. And, that, and, and I think a demon, the things he did, I, I can't even say it on YouTube. They were so atrocious. They're so horrifying. But, you know, you have to keep keep in mind that there will be pain and suffering around the loss of life. The defense needed to acknowledge this because you come off as callous. You come off as smug and they're going to say, you think you're so high and mighty. I don't know what's going to happen today, man. You know, this is not this 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 segment I'm doing here. I, I feel kind of weird. It's not so much a, a normal like news segment like I would typically do. Like, here's the story. Here's the analysis or anything. This is just like we're headed for a really big moment. And, and you or I, all of us, our rights hang in the balance. Now, someone accurately pointed out the other day on Timcast IRL that this will only affect Wisconsin law. This is a Wisconsin statute. This is Wisconsin law for sure, for sure. But you need to understand the cultural impacts around this. When it comes to law, it is irrelevant when a culture changes. Like I always mention, there are ridiculous laws where it's like you can't put a pie on the windowsill on Sunday afternoon in Boston. And it's because hundreds of years ago, the animals would be attracted by the smell during church hours or something. But that is, that's not a problem these days. We have giant megatropolises. You can put a pie in your window so no one's going to come after you. But it could still be illegal. I'm not saying that's, that law is actually on the books, but there are laws like that. But our culture has shifted, and now we, we ignore it. No one cares if you have a pie on the windowsill. In fact, there are some states where uh, homosexual relationships are literally illegal. That's, that's a fact, even though you can get married. It's, it's, but no cop is going to kick anyone's door open and go and look in the bedroom of these people because our culture changed. If in Wisconsin, Kyle Rittenhouse loses this case, we are all hurt by it. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It, all, it reminds me a bit of that, um, that quote from The Next Generation. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I can't remember it specifically, but some of you may know it. It's, it's when, when the first link in the chain is forged, we are all irrevocably damaged. And it's, it's uh, Picard talking about free speech and free association. They're, they're persecuting a man they believe is a spy, something like that. And the point that he, he brought up is that first step towards taking away our rights will, will create a ripple effect in which we are all damaged by this. If Kyle Rittenhouse is convicted. We are all in trouble. It is a grain of, sand, a grain of sand to be added to the heap in which our self-defense rights, our bodily autonomy is stripped away from us. And that's why it's so important. Now, look, 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 look. I don't want to be overly critical of the, of the defense. I, I think they did well. I don't, I don't know if I have the legal, legal expertise to say that they did, um, it, did well. But in my opinion, as someone just watching this, not as a lawyer, I thought they did well. There were a few moments where I was confused and, and like 
put off by the by the anger and the insulting uh, notions. Andrew Bronco writes very, very, very interestingly. He says the defense delivers a disappointingly weak closing argument. Poor choice of tone if goal is persuasion of jurors to defense narrative. And he goes on to mention, um, similarly to what I was saying, and I read this and I agreed with him, that you, the people in the jury want to know why people are dead. They want to know why people lost their lives. And there, there's, there's a funny moment, there's a funny point in, um, at one point in the trial, the prosecution face palms. It was ADA Krauss. They brought up Gage Grosskreutz. He testified that he pointed the weapon at Kyle Rittenhouse. And all of this evidence matters. And then Kraus, you know, face palms. It was a viral, viral moment. And a lot of people pointed out, never do that. No matter if you're the defense of the prosecution, no matter what they say, no matter how good or bad it is for, for your case, you always smile and, and carry on and look confident and poised because the jury will see you and go, whoa, that, that behavior says to me, they're not confident in their case. Your body, uh, um, your, the, the motions you make, your body language matters. Now, when it comes to Kyle Rittenhouse, there was a point where I saw him smirking, and laughing, and he's done it several times. Now, some of it's okay. Some of it's okay when the judge makes a joke and everybody laughs. That's okay. That's good. It shows he's a he's he's, he's you know he's a, he's a kid, right? He's, or he's a young man. But there were some moments in the trial where the defense was heading, uh, where the where the prosecution had their witness testify, and you could see Kyle trying to hold back a smile, like he knew. That the state's witnesses were bad. That is bad for the defense. I don't know exactly what's going to happen in that regard. But he point, Bronco points out that he says, you know, taking the tone of those rioters, those looters, those arsonists, we're all scumbags. And this prosecution is, a just, suit, is just a suit, wear, uh, suit wearing version of the same chaos. It may feel good. It may even be to some degree true. But does it help sell the narrative of innocence to a jury that is looking at this through entirely different eyes? than those of the lead defense counsel. He says, drive a narrative of innocence consistent with not contrary to the jurors' sympathies. He says, if this jury convicts on any of these charges, and they well might, it will be because the prosecution has been successful in fostering some degree of sympathy among the jurors for the people killed, maimed, and purportedly endangered at the hands of Kyle Rittenhouse. To put it another way, unless that's happened, an acquittal is already secured, and the defense need not engage in the fire and brimstone display at all, but we can't know that. Of course, so we must assume that some that some degree of sympathy for the victims has been successfully fostered by the prosecution. It there there is a way to do righteous indignation, in my opinion. I'm not a defense lawyer, you know. Uh, I've just read legal analysis, and uh, Binger had some emotional attacks that worked. However, I used to do nonprofit fundraising, and the goal was persuasion to convince a person you just met to give you large sums of money. And what do you have in your arsenal? Nothing but your words. I was particularly good at it. I became a director. I was one of the nation's best fundraisers for several top nonprofits. Because I could meet a person and just explain and, 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 and transfer that passion for these causes. And I like to bring that to politics and news and the way I do this to a certain degree. Not so much that I want anyone to think certain things. I think the truth is the most important thing. It's why I quit doing those jobs, because I realized they were too deceitful. And uh, for me, when I believe in a principle, freedom or whatever, I want to convey that passion and understanding and drive people to understand why it's so important. We have freedom and individual liberties, why it's so important that Kyle Rittenhouse be acquitted on all charges. I didn't feel that from the defense. 
I didn't feel that attempt at persuasion. I felt someone who was angry at the prosecutor, who was angry at the cheating and the lying from the state. And so he was angry about it. But he wasn't angry in the way that the jurors would understand. The first lesson when we would do fundraising is you, you are always the person you are talking to. It's interesting, right? In this argument, in this, in this article from uh, um, Branca, he says that he should have been approaching it from the juror's perspective. And you always, you always do that in sales. If there's a dude walking down the street and he looks like Ian from the show, long haired, you know, long haired, freaky people, crazy hippie shirt. And I walked up to him strong shouldered and said, good day, sir. Give me but a moment of your time. I want to talk to you about how we're going to fight for freedom of speech. Now, you look like a busy man. He'd be like, dude, chill, bro. You're so wound up. Not relatable. If I walk up to a suit wearing man, carrying a briefcase, checking his watch, and I go, yo, what up? Man, come on, chill out, man. You gotta be in a hurry. Hear me out. He's gonna be like, yo, don't waste my time. I've got an important meeting. I don't know what this hippie stuff is. So the point is, it's called mirroring. I, th- I think of it more like um, respect, camaraderie, com- camaraderie, rapport. I'm not going to try and play some silly game with a dude wearing a suit. I see he's a no-nonsense guy. I'm going to be like, hey, man, listen, I, you got five seconds. We're here to fundraise for a, for a nonprofit that fights for the right of free speech so that individuals can speak their minds without fear of government oppression. If that's something you care about, we need your support right now because we got a ton of cases. Now, if you want, I can go through them for you or I can tell you right it, it, you, you've, you've got to respect the individual you're talking to. I'm not going to walk up to a long hair hippie guy and treat him like uh, like a suit because that is not respectful to him, to his views, to the way he behaves, the way he carries himself. If he if, if someone comes off relaxed and chill, I want to maintain that space for them. When it comes to the jury, I feel the defense should have approached us from the perspective of someone who has no idea what's going on. And that is your community as residents of Kenosha was under attack. And I understand that these people believe in something, that many of them are angry, many of them are scared, many of them are furious. But that doesn't justify the destruction of our stores, the fear in in the men who own these car sources, these gas stations. They were genuinely worried that their lives would be completely destroyed. For several days, a curfew was put in place on all of us, on all of you as jurors, and I would say us, because of the violence of many of these rioters. And that being said, no one deserves to lose their life over what is happening in this country and what has happened with these protests. No one deserves to lose their life, not even Jacob Blake. What you have to, I don't know if they could bring up Jacob Blake, but you have to understand that it was not Kyle Rittenhouse who created the circumstances by which people lost their lives. He came after the riots had started. He came there to help those who were actually engaged in rioting because he's a good person. We heard from Drew Hernandez. He even tried to temper people's emotions and and de-escalate that violence. But some people were just angry and they had no no regard for human life. And so they put Kyle Reynolds in a position where he ran for his life. He fired four times at Joseph Rosenbaum within 0.739 of a second. Of course, there's no way he could know if any one of those bullets made contact or or stopped him. And of course, there was no way he could know that Richie McGinnis was running up in his direction. And of course, it was Richie McGinnis as a journalist who knew he was running towards danger. But Richie McGinnis didn't flee after the fact. Rosenbaum created the danger. 
Kavranas has a right to protect himself. Now, this is me ragging on the fence. I know it's gonna, no idea what's going to happen. I'm just kind of venting some frustrations and some fears. To be honest, this, is, this segment is all about fears. I genuinely fear for Kyle Rittenhouse. I fear for all of us if he is convicted. Now, if he gets convicted on a lesser charge, I'm, you know, it is what it is. They can say, look, the, the, the ADA made a good point that he, he, he brought a rifle to a riot. And in that regard, we think he was in, ultimately in his actions later on acting recklessly. They could, they could find that. They could find that. I don't agree with it. I believe you have a right to keep and bear arms. I believe Gage Grosskreutz has a right to keep and bear arms concealed in his waistband, regardless of his permit. However, right now the statute says you can't do that. It's illegal and he was wrong to have it. Kyle Rittenhouse was legally in possession of that weapon. I believe if you have a right to keep and bear arms, it cannot be held against you. And I think they should have made that point. Kyle Rittenhouse carried a rifle because it was what he it was the only thing he was illegal, legally allowed to carry. He couldn't have a handgun or a shotgun or, 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 or a short barreled rifle or an AR pistol. This is the weapon they allow him to have as a 17 year old. And the judge told you that count was dismissed. It's no longer a factor because he was allowed to have it. And they try to use that against them. And they'll use it against us. All right, I'm not going to rant too much on this one. We, today's going to be a crazy day. You know, look, normally I, I do a morning segment and I'll be like, hey, Joe Biden, inflation, whatever. This was basically a lot of opinion, a lot of perspective on what's going to happen today. And um, I got to be honest, segments like this make no sense to, in, in the long run, because in an hour, this video is probably not going to be relevant. We're going to the verdict could come back in 10 minutes. They could walk right out and say self-defense. And I'm like, well, there's a pointless video. But I, I want to talk about this because I'm passionate about it. I hope you're all paying attention to where we're going as a country. I'll leave it there. Next segment will be at 1 p.m. on this channel. We might have a verdict at any point today. Deliberations can be swift, but we'll see. Thanks for hanging out, everybody, and I'll see you all at 1 p.m. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.